0: Out of Ephesians 2, the cornerstone of Christmas. God is building a house. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here and what He's building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now He's using you. Fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Jesus Christ as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. Please have a seat. For most of us, the Christmas season really is a beckoning to come home. Uh, I envision the Christmas stockings hung by the fireplace, and that becomes the focal point of of family coming home for the holidays. So we're kind of drawn towards home with with hopes of peace and love, and we exchange that in the shelter of a home, even when our homes contain imperfect people. Uh, We scurry about our houses, uh, preparing the home for the holidays. And as I think about that, uh, it's really a great illustration because our God according to Ephesians 2, is building a home. And we want to talk about that home today. God is busy building a home. Uh, Our seasonal preparations can be uh, an illustration of what God is busy doing, not just seasonally, but all the time. Uh, He's building a home where we and Him, or I love this phrase, we're quite at home. I want you to kind of hang on to that phrase. God and us can be quite at home within this home that God is building. For me, uh, being quite at home includes a big roaring fire, comfortable slippers, steamy hot beverages, tasty snacks, sometimes silence, other times good conversation, or believe it or not, still other times I love to put on classical music candles, sweet fragrances, loved ones, and right in the middle of all of that is Jesus. Now I know that God isn't asking me for suggestions. He's not, you know, he's really not asking me, well, you know, this is <laughs> the quiet at home that I'm talking about. But I I know that the home that he's building for us includes all those things plus even better things than what I could ever imagine or dream up. God is really building a home. And He's been building that home for a long time. Because the foundation of that, that home goes back to the Old Testament. So the foundation of the home that God is building rests upon the foundation of the prophets. The prophets from the Old Testament. The prophets to begin to tell the story of the promise of the King. So that's part of the foundation of of this home that God is building and the foundation also includes the apostles who responded to the promised king who came just as was promised by the prophets so we have a really firm foundation for the home that God is building he's been doing he's been laying that foundation out for a long time next week we're going to talk more about that foundation but upon that foundation there's bricks And the bricks that go into God's home are people. It's all kinds of people. It's like what Robert was talking about last week. A diversity of people from all over the globe are the bricks that are being fit into this this home that God is building. And the common denominator for the great diversity of people is Jesus. Irrespective of how people get to be a brick in the home that God is building, the common denominator is Jesus. And it's Jesus that becomes the cornerstone. And the cornerstone in this house is what holds it all together. We're we're used to more decorative cornerstones that give dates and builders and city council. Well, this is a cornerstone. There are actually two I know that I couldn't find a single one. Okay, but you could see if you removed one of these cornerstones, what would happen? it would all come crumbling down. (laughs) So that's the kind of cornerstone Jesus is in the home that God is building. He is the cornerstone that holds all the walls together. And without that cornerstone, the home would not stand. It would come crumbling down. And when it's all said and done, the home that God is building, with the foundation, with the bricks with the cornerstone, is not just a building, but it's it's a home. And it's a home where God is quite at home. It's a home where you and I and anybody else whose common denominator is Jesus comes into a home and we're quite at home in that home, with God, with each other, in that home. If you think about it, since Adam and Eve... Humanity has been homeless. What Adam and Eve enjoyed in the garden was they enjoyed God being with them on a daily basis. And we lost that. And so from the point that we lost that as the human race, God has been restoring a people that would enter into a home with Him once again. So God has been building a home for people that we would be together. God's restoring what was lost. And not only is He restoring it, but He's improving it. The home that God is building is even better than the garden. We get to go home again through Jesus who holds it all together. So it's Jesus that's the cornerstone of Christmas. Christmas is about the celebration of the coming of the King, the one who's the cornerstone in the home that God is building where we get to come into relationship, friendship, a home, a comfortable home with God. Jesus is the one that's holding all the parts together. So let me just kind of remind you of what, what this passage is saying. You just kind of underscore some things. Number one, God is the builder of the home. We need to be reminded of that because we tend to be builders. We tend to build our own homes. We tend to say, okay, God, we're going to build you this place and then you're going to be really comfortable here. And God says, no, I didn't ask you to build me that place. I have a place that I'm building and I'm inviting you into my house. We tend to reverse it. And God's saying, don't do that. Because the end result is we can build something and we can invite God to dwell there, but it doesn't mean that God is going to dwell there. And so what we really long for, we, we, really, we, we want to be in the same place with God. But if we take the initiative and we build it and then invite God to come, we're not going to get what we want, which is that residence with God. So God is the builder and we need to remember that God is building a house. And it's quite obvious, isn't it? It's not a literal house. And so the structures that we throw up, a little double meaning there, are not the house of God. And if we don't stop calling it the house of God, nobody's going to get it straight. And so when we want to talk to people about what really is the house of God, And we haven't stopped talking about these buildings that we're building, that we're calling the house of God. We're confusing everybody. The place we meet is totally functionary. It's not holy and anointed. What makes this place special is you. Because we together are being built into a house that God resides in so that when we come into this building, we're bringing the house that God is building. That's what makes it special, not, not, not the building. And it's what's really wonderful is the most of us don't get to do this, but, but Ron and I, I guess more than anybody, we get to enjoy this place when you're not here. And the, you know there's a, there really is an abiding peace. When the house of God is not here, could we please start telling people the buildings we build are not the house of God? Well, you say, well that'd be that'd be offensive. We'd offend somebody. Well, yeah, we would, but we would offend them for something better, right? And we would help the people around us that have not yet entered the true house of God to know what they need to enter. It's not a church building. God doesn't want us worshiping a church building. That takes the focus off of what God is building. It's us. The focus is on us. We're the bricks that are being built into a building in which God dwells. And if we put our energies or our focus into a literal building, we will not become the people that God really wants us to become. We'll put our energies and our our thoughts someplace else. It would be very similar like to an idol. We would actually worship something other than what God is doing. So God's a builder, and He's building a home. God's building a home. And He's building that home every day, not just Sunday. Again, I love coming together with you on Sunday morning. In many ways, Sunday is, literally is the, the best uh, day of, of my week. Uh, Susan, <laughs> Susan said, you, you kind of spend time putting slides together and, you know, kind of, well, yeah. I mean, I really look forward to sharing with you what I've discovered and I, and I want to do it in a way that communicates clearly. And so it's really a highlight of my week to come together with you, to see you, to sing these songs together, to sense God's presence together, to, to share this word of encouragement, to see the Holy Spirit at work building us up. So, yeah, but this is not the only day that God is at work. He's going he's to be working tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Sunday's going to start again and keep going. Every day God is building this home. And He's using the old and the new. He, he didn't just throw away the foundation of the prophets. He's built upon that. He's incorporated that in this home. That's a really remarkable statement, if you think about it. And he's not, he's not doing something separate with the remnants of Israel and, and something with you know, the rest of us Gentiles. He's doing, it's the same thing. That's irrespective of how the bricks get there. Whether they're from a Jewish background or a Gentile background, God is building them into his home. So if you're of Jewish descent, hallelujah. You're, you're in the building as, as much as if Jesus is the cornerstone. You have a Gentile background, hallelujah, you're in the building. God's only building one house. He's not building two. It's just one. And it's Jew and Gentile following Jesus in the same house. That's the home of God. And again, we can get diverted from what God is doing and thinking about, well, well, maybe maybe he's building two. No, he's not. The Bible does not talk about him building two. It's one. One home. And all who follow Jesus, whether they be Jew or Gentile, all who follow Jesus are part of the home, irrespective of how they get there. And it's, it's this home, as, it's a home, but it's also a holy temple. And this is something I think it's really hard for us to get comfortable with. God is, as holy as he is, and as much as the home that he's building is a temple, it's homey. It's comfortable. I've got to ask everybody here, are you comfortable with God? Are you at home with God? Because the, the reality is this He has done everything He can to create a home, a welcoming, comfortable home for each and every one of us. And it does not that hominess, that comfortable place has it does not dilute the holiness of God. can we handle a holy, perfect God saying, come hang out with me and be comfortable with me? You see, if we're not, if we're not at home with God, if we're not comfortable in the home that God is building, it's because we're putting things in the way. God has removed everything so that we can be at home with Him. God's removed everything so that we can be comfortable with Him. And if we're uncomfortable with Him, if we don't feel like we can be at home with Him, I mean, it's like we have to like, dress up every time to be with God. We have to be on our best manners when we're with God. And man, if we're not, they'll probably throw us out. I mean, all of that kind of thinking, that just comes from our junk. That's the religious stuff that we attach to having a relationship with God. My friend, I, this, is the, this is the Bible. The Bible is telling us that God is creating a home. God is creating a home that's comfortable. God is creating a home where you and I are welcome. God is creating a home for us to come with Him. Now, are we going to believe that or are we going to believe some other junk? It's a what What choice are we going to make? I'm choosing to believe that the holy temple that God is building is quite homey and comfortable, and I can be at home with God. And I want all of us to enjoy that home. And I want us to come to the place that we recognize that the one that's made that possible and the one that holds all of that together is Jesus. None of this could happen without Jesus. Jesus started it, Jesus will finish it, and He's there through the whole process. So in this this season of Advent, the season of recognizing the coming of God, I just want to read one of the passages that is found in John 1. Because it it underscores why it's so important that we recognize that Jesus is the one that's the cornerstone of our Christmas season. The Word was first. The Word present to God. God present to the Word. The Word was God in readiness for God from day one. Everything was created through Him, the Word. Nothing, not one thing came into being without Him. You and I came into being because of Jesus. What came into existence was life. And the life was light to live by. And the life light blazed out of the darkness... And the darkness couldn't put it out. The darkness will never put it out. And that Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. And we saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory like Father, like Son, generous inside and out, true From start to finish. With Paul's writing, with John's writing, let me just make some suggestions for us. One, let's all ask Jesus to move into the neighborhood. Think about your neighborhood. Think about the families around you. And during this season ask Jesus to move in. Jesus, we want you to be our neighbor in our neighborhood. Move into our neighborhood. And then let's all let's let's look for the glory of Jesus with our own eyes. God of all splendor. Splendor is radiance. Splendor is glory. Splendor is light. Splendor is majesty. The kingdom of God is the dignified, the splendid, the bright, the beautiful rule and reign of Jesus. So if Jesus moves into the neighborhood, the kingdom comes with Him. And with our own eyes, we can begin to see the glory, the beauty, the brightness, the majesty, the splendor of Jesus with our own eyes. Don't just trust somebody else's eyes. Let's start looking for Jesus in our neighborhoods, With our own eyes, we want to see your splendor. We want to see your glory. We want your kingdom to come to our neighborhoods. And let's let generosity just perkle from the inside to the outside. You know, so much of our Christmas is about the exchange of gifts, but that that generosity needs to start inside. Generous from inside to outside. And let's enjoy fitting in with other bricks. Again, double meaning. It may be better to use stone. Have you ever watched a stonemason work? Every stone that went into my chimney was shaped by a stonemason. He didn't just pick up a stone and put it there and then the next one and... Put it there, put it there. It was really George Ann's chimney that was being built, but he, every stone was chiseled or sawed by that stonemason until every one fit perfectly together. Now we are really the living stones that are being fit together to build the house of God. You know, kind of lean into your neighbor. Steve will like to snuggle a little bit today. You know, sometimes it's kind of comfortable leaning in, other times there's kind of this bony elbow, you know, or you know, we don't always fit quite together. And and so what's gonna happen? The stone mason is gonna kind of chisel away or saw until we fit together. And we want to come to a place that we're really enjoying fitting in with a diverse group of people into the home that God is building. Not all the stones, not all the bricks in the home that God is building are just like me, or just like you. Thank God. And finally, let's invite Jesus to hold it all together. As much as we would like to hold our Christmas together, we can't. It's out of our control. It's already out of control. So, just admit, it's out of control. Already it's out of control. Every year it gets earlier and earlier. It's out of control. So, invite Jesus to hold it all together. Jesus is the cornerstone of our Christmas. Invite Him to hold it all together, whatever it is in your life. So would you like to stand with me? The one thing that was really highlighted for me as I read the Bible, as I studied the Bible, as I thought about how to communicate to you, what I was hoping to communicate because of what God was communicating to me is really this. Are we at home with God? Are we at home with God? Part of the answer of that is, are we at home with each other? And part of being at home with each other is that we come to a place where we can trust each other. And so I'm going to kind of rely upon that we have some equity of trust with one another. And I'm going to ask that those of us that right now, today, this season, are feeling quite at home with God, to pray for those of us that during this season may not be feeling quite at home with God. Maybe we've never felt quite at home with God. But right now, seasonally, if you're quite at at home with God, I mean, that's something that you can kind of pass along to somebody else. You can give something good that God's given to you and you can give it away. And if we would do that with each other, we might be able to do that with people that we run into at Walmart or Target or H-E-B as we scurry about inviting Jesus to take charge of everything that we're doing. So I wonder if if we could just kind of bow our head. Let me say a quick prayer. And then I'm going to ask, uh, just see if we can be at home with each other. We all want home. That's maybe the deepest longing we all have. At home, quite at home with God and with each other. Okay? Lord, we thank you that you are building a home. And we thank you that you're building a home not just for yourself, but you're building a home for us to be with you. So we want to acknowledge that you're building a good home. We want to acknowledge that you're building a home that we'll be quite at home in we thank you that you're building that home today and you're going to do it tomorrow and the, and the next day and the next day and the next day until that home is complete. And we thank you that Jesus is the cornerstone of that home, holding it all together. Lord, so we just want to acknowledge that this is what you're doing and we want to welcome you to do this in our midst. And then, Lord, we want to encourage each other. My desire, O oh Lord, is that every one of us would be quite at home with you. And that, Lord, those of us that in this season of, of, this, of life really are at home with you, Lord, we want, we want to help those and encourage those that may not be quite at home. So would you oversee this, Jesus? Would you take charge of what's going on in the room at this moment? So I want to ask, um, I'm going to ask you to be vulnerable. If you're not feeling quite at home with God today, I'm going to just ask you to raise your hand and hold it up for a moment because I'm going to invite others that are feeling more at home with God today that are around you just to see you with your hand up. They could identify you and then they can pray for you quickly. It doesn't have to be long. We just want to encourage each other to be at home, quite at home with God. So anybody willing to be vulnerable today? Today you're not quite feeling at home with God. Okay. Anybody else? All right. We have some people around. Dorothy and pray with her. What you could do before you leave is that you could take a moment and thank God that you're quite at home with him and then ask for the opportunity to share with somebody else this week that's not at home with God. All right? So just do that in groups of uh, three to five. That's the way we'll end our time together. Thank you for our morning together. God's building his home. Let's see it at work. In Jesus' name, amen.